you look cute. Thanks. You and are very cute. Oh, very really? You thought yeah. so? Oh, wow. I'm so happy. Yes, I was honored to be greeted. Good, good, good. I'm just opening up the little sugya. You having the text open during an episode? We're entering a whole new era. I know, I know. I'm expanding my horizons here. Yeah, I see that. Oh, well, Hava. Mm-hmm. Here we are, we're recording a podcast together. It's true, we did it. We overcame whatever it was we needed to overcome. This is a totally normal day of recording where we totally didn't have a really intense beautiful passionate conversation <laughs> last night where you talked me off of a ledge oh, and an ontological ledge where you reminded me of our beautiful friendship that definitely mm. did not happen at all no zero percent yeah because we're bros we don't because we're total bros i mean now i'm even i'm a finance bro y- yeah you bought a stock which is i weird. know i bought a stonk I actually, I bought several stonks. Honestly, I saw that tweet where you were like, I bought some stonks. And I was like, Uh ooh, cringe. I was like, cringe. (laughs) Yeah, it is cringe. And I embrace that. Let they who are without cringe throw the first stone. Yeah, I'm I'm covered in cringe, which sounds like a brand of like snack. Yeah, I was going to say it's like maybe a grunge revival genre of music. Like we've switched from grunge to cringe, like very twee grunge. I guess that would be twinge. You know, I'm going to pretend I know what even grunge means. Just to go ahead and dive right into how I am. Yeah. Yeah, I bought a stonk. As you listeners may know, there's some kind of madness going on right now, and I wasn't going to participate in it at all. But then I woke up and I was like, I am poor, and if I miss an opportunity to like make myself slightly less poor while also partaking in an incredibly goofy moment in history i would just be very sad if i missed that uh well you know that's fine you know that's that's fine it's a little cringy but your tone is making it clear that you don't think it's fine i mean it's a little uh i wouldn't say no you know it's fine it's fine Whatever, whatever. You're literally a software developer, so you better not go toe-to-toe with me on this. My means of accumulating wealth is just so much more superior to your means Uh, of accumulating wealth. Now that's what I call cringe. I'm asking myself how I am. How are you? How am I? Oh my god, you look good. Let's start with the obvious. Thanks. I really want to get my split ends trimmed. My hair has been growing a lot and it needs love but yeah i'm mostly well i just ate a delicious meal of spaghetti squash before getting on this call Mm. been teaching a lot this month and what else is happening in my life i don't think i already told you this i think i was saving it for the pod like we do i registered for a class in beginners sofrut sofrut is hebrew slash jewish ritual scribing it's like the body of knowledge that you need to learn to like scribe a torah whoa okay wow yeah so i'm gonna take a beginner's class in sofrut and like learn how to freaking i don't know use a feather quill to like write a mezuzah scroll i mean that fits the whole witchy vibe it's gonna be super cool i'm so excited to take that class and yeah, I've recuperated a little bit from our fight yesterday. Wait, you I, that's that you do okay. Well you just told everyone. Oh, okay. We're gonna keep it secret. Whatever. <laughs> they don't like it when mommy and mommy fight. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this adorable side braid. This is something I've been very into recently. Yeah, it's nice. 
That's nice. Right? My name should be Nadeshda now. Something about it feels very rushki to me. Goodness gracious. What else is going on with me? I don't know. I'm chilling. I'm just like playing video games and enjoying snuggly times with my BF and just trying to bide my time and chill while this fucking pandemic happens i guess it seems like rhode island just has like no plan for vaccination i feel like gina raimondo former governor now the secretary of commerce i guess she's still our governor i don't really know what's happening basically it just feels like not only have i not gotten a vaccine like i have no picture of what the timetable what the schedule what the priorities are vaccine distribution here is just like a complete joke that makes sense my ex got a vaccine in rhode island so wow jealous yep me too. I really want a vaccine, but I have essentially no hope that that's going to happen in any reasonable amount of time. Michael. Oh, yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. Um. Hi. How are you? How am I? I'm, you know, the usual bumbly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sleepy of some kind, I assume. Oh, yeah. I already woke up from my nap today. <laughs> so that was cool. Played with the dog again earlier mm-hmm. curled up with a dog uh one thing that's happening in my life is i'm in this uh class that hava's running we're going through a uh, mission of Pesachim, starting with chapter 10 yes michael is in one of my classes now how are you enjoying the class michael i'm liking the class my Havruta is dope <laughs> we like analyze that text we go through it and i'm learning things and they're like oh you gotta know like the he feel form of the whatever <laughs> verb and make sure to remove your this suffix and this prefix and then you're good to go and i just am like whoa it's a lot going on right now a lot of stuff to swallow but i'm picking it up i would say i have knowledge of what i don't know like i know what the ladder looks like i know that it's a ladder (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i know what the rungs are as before it was just like what's going on i'm glad i wanted to bring up a little text that a patron sent us oh great the basic text says what's your intro music i'm sure you mentioned it in some episode or some episode description but i cannot find it again and it gets stuck in my head all the time and it's a good song so i'd like to be able to listen to it in full i wanted to let you all know what the intro music is it's made by my friend ben schreiber who is a fiddler, contra dance musician. You can listen to a version of the song if you go to his YouTube page, Plebeian J. Plebeian J. <laughs> Actually, the basis of the song is a remix of some sort of evangelical priest talking about COVID-19. Is it just the letter J, Plebeian, and then the letter J? Yeah, Plebeian and then the letter J. Okay. And the name of the video is Supernatural Heat Wave. <laughs> great it doesn't have the fiddle and i have reached out to him he's okay with everyone going and watching this video he did express interest in perhaps writing a full version for our listeners which he might put on his like that'd be nice so yeah we'll see what happens there if there's enough interest maybe we'll get a full version of that intro song but supernatural heat wave remix plebeian j youtube you can go listen to the full song there ben schreiber you're welcome we made you ben schreiber that's right and also thank you yeah the intro music is great (laughs) yeah i love our intro music should we talk about talmud yeah let's do it let's let's go into it okay dear listeners after a spate of really fascinating and fun listener questions we've decided to do just a good old-fashioned Talmud episode. Today we're going to be looking at Erovin, page 3a. So Erovin, it's a Masechet that we passed through relatively recently in the Daf Yomi cycle. 
It is theoretically about public and private spaces. Uh, you may be familiar with the concept of an Eruv, which in modern parlance is like that wire that they hang around certain neighborhoods so that people can carry from house to house on Shabbat. It didn't always mean that exact thing, but that kind of stuff is what this tractate of Talmud is about. To give some context to the piece that we're going to talk about today, the Talmud has been discussing the difference between a mavoi and a sukkah. So a sukkah, as you all know, is like that cool, tiny, temporary hut that we build on Sukkot every year. And a mavoi is a particular kind of space, an alleyway. And they've been talking about the halachas of what constitutes an alleyway halachically, what can you carry through an alleyway, what are the minimum structural requirements necessary for an alleyway. And part of what they're discussing is that the minimum structural requirements for a sukkah versus an alleyway, a mavoi, are different. And so the Gemara has been diving to this question of why are these two things differentiated from each other in terms of their minimum structural guidelines, their blueprints, if you will. Wait a minute, but that seems obvious to me. They're totally different things. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What I said previously was slightly inaccurate, but not totally inaccurate. It's not exactly about structural dimensions. It's that in the Mishnah, it teaches that a sukkah that's above a certain height is invalid. Your sukkah can't be too tall, basically. But then in this section of Gemara, we learn that if your mavoi is too tall, you can use a method to reduce it, to make it kosher. And a mavoi is an alleyway. Exactly. Okay. And so what the Gemara is asking is, why can we reduce a mavoi, but we weren't taught any method for koshering a sukkah if it turned out too high? Well, okay, well, okay, this is a reasonable question. Right, because seemingly they're both invalid for similar reasons. They are both invalid if they are over 20 cubits. All right, okay. So both a sukkah and a mavai, according to the Mishnah quoted at the start of this page, are invalid if they're above 20 cubits. And then the mavoi, the alleyway, we are given instructions for how to lower it, but the sukkah, we're not. So we have two structures, and they both are supposed to be less than a certain height. One of them, we have a means for correcting this. For sukkahs, we don't have a means for correcting this. Why not? What's the deal? Rabbis, give us the logic. Tell me yes. the deets. So they give quite a few explanations, but the one that I'm going to share with us today from 3A it contains a, a principle that I'm interested in talking about. So I will now read some stuff. This is a saying from Rava from Parzakia, which I was not able to figure out where Parzakia is, maybe somewhere near modern day Baghdad. And this Rava from Parzakia is a different person than the sage referred to only as Rava. So two different Ravas, and we're talking here a quotation from Rava from Parzakia. Okay. Sukkah deliachihi. A sukkah is created only for one person, theoretically. It's created for one person. You could make a case that it's created for a family, but, you know, you, head of household, create the sukkah. If you create the sukkah for yourself, you will take the responsibility upon yourself to make sure that it is fit, that it is fixed. So this is part one of the saying. Mavoi del rabimhi. 
Samhi Ahadade Wala Midakri. A Mavoy is for everyone, is owned by the community, basically. And so everyone will rely on each other and the kashering will never get done. The Amre Inache, just like people say, Kidra de Bay Shitafe, La Hamima, Wala Karira. A pot that has two owners is neither hot nor cold. Whoa, whoa, interesting, yeah. interesting. So this is our little chunklet of text. So the idea is you need to provide specific instructions for what to do with the communally owned object because no one's going to know what to do or take responsibility unless you do give the instructions. Right, and when responsibility is upon everyone, no one gets it done. Many of us, myself at least, have lived in a punk house where there were no rules or structures around who did the dishes. And therefore, the dishes never got done, and our sink was just incredibly full of dishes. Okay, true, true, true. But I'm sure a lot of us have also been in the situation, perhaps even in the same punk house, where we were a pot being dated by two different people. and <laughs> We were hot and cold. We were hot and cold all the time. <laughs> um, this is the crux of the matter that I want to talk about today and, and discuss with you. But I also want to bring in that like three or four sugyas earlier on the page, the exact opposite explanation is offered, which is that an alleyway is for multiple people, so we will all remind each other, and a suka is for one person, so there will be no one to remind you to make it fit. So the Talmud offers us two diametrically opposed explanations. There you go. I mean, this is one of the things, people. This is one of the Mm -hmm. things. Are we gonna ever be a Star Trek society or not? (laughs) Yeah. Part of the issue here is not just the issue of koshering the mavoy itself like are we going to remember to reduce it to the appropriate height but what if someone reduces it and they think they reduce it to the appropriate height but actually they reduce it so much that it's no longer kosher it's not just accomplishing this one task it's also like the ongoing maintenance of making sure that your kosher structure is kosher oh Mm. <laughs> that's my deep thought right there wow wow beautiful beautiful i don't know i just wanted to think about this and talk about this because i feel like the issue of collective versus individual responsibility is hot right now it's a hot topic oh totally you may not have gotten this from the podcast listeners but this is the kind of stuff I actually love to talk about is like really boring halacha and talking about like cool stuff, like really gay people in the Talmud. That's like number two or three in the list of kinds of Talmud I like to talk about. We tricked you. There's no gay in this podcast. There's no gay. Surprise. I feel yeah robbed. My question for you, Michael, is which side of this debate do you come down on? Mm. Are objects which are cared for by the commons more or less likely to be maintained? Well, you know, it depends on the other social structures around. Mm -hmm. You know me, I'm all about democratically elected hierarchy, and I think Uh there should be an alleyway committee that's put in charge (laughs) of this stuff that, you know, subject to perhaps monthly reviews by a board of citizens. Mm -hmm. I think structuring in accountability and um, a little bit of hierarchy can always help make these things run smoothly. So you would look for a marriage between these two viewpoints? Yeah, I think a good system acknowledges the fallibility and imperfectness of humans and encourages them to act in a way that makes them better and brings them <laughs> to a state of sanctified holiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
God willing. I just want everyone to be like sanctified, holy. I want like mikvah parties left and right. And part of what uh, will make that environment more likely to happen is if the alleyways are the right height. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's a very important component of the world to come is appropriately zoned alleyways. <laughs> the magic bullet for everything people what about you hava what's your takeaway i'm into the commons in general i was just thinking about there's this news story that was popular a while back about a town i want to say it was like in ireland or scotland one of those two that essentially they subdivided the entire town between all of their residents so everything was communally owned and it's really presented as quite a paradise oh so that seems to be a pretty appealing case for the commons. And of course, enclosure of the commons was an important part of how we got the exploitative system that we have today. Like the enclosure of the commons in the Scottish Highlands, right? That was a thing. Yeah, I happened. mean, it happened all over, right? The commons used to be a relatively universal in Europe phenomena. And then slowly in the post-feudal era, they were all sort of privatized. And that's how we got the early, early baby, baby stages of capitalism. Yes, it's, it's bad. You know, it's bad. Yeah, when you yeah, it is bad. Seize and public lands and give them to, uh, you know, private individuals that people don't yeah, generally like don't that. Don't love it. No. Don't love it. However, I also have to think about, and I think your answer pretty much handles this, but like something that often happens, especially in more anarchist type spaces, which I have taken a lot of part in, is that we get so hot and heavy for non-hierarchical living writ large that we become dominated by the tyranny of structurelessness. I mean, hierarchy is fun, guys. You know, if you... <laughs> Here's the situation we find ourselves in as, like, progressive queer people. Hierarchy, totally cool in the bedroom, totally not cool outside the bedroom. Oh, my gosh. You're silly. Well, no, no, You're I'm just, silly. I'm just observing. I'm just observing. I, I think only play hierarchy is cool in the bedroom. I don't know. It, you know, I don't want to yuck your yum, people. Look, 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 look. Hierarchy in the real world is also play hierarchy because the real thing you're doing is trying to become more holy. <laughs> That's right. Everything is play everything except for holiness. Right. And I just feel like there isn't really that much of a difference. You know, if you're going to play cops and robbers in the bedroom, just play it in society. Your dishes will get cleaner, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about all that. But a thing that I'm thinking right now is that how this plays out really depends on just the level of sort of volunteerism as a societal standard in whatever culture you're in. You know, there are just some subgroups where people do just step up spontaneously all the time. And in that case, things do tend to get done. And there are other places like the American suburb where people are really averse to stepping up. And things don't get done unless they are mandated in a particular way. I think we should encourage people to associate volunteerism with higher sexual status in the same way that now we associate <laughs> higher sexual status with like a nice singing voice, you know? Right, right. Or like an ability to dance. My neighbor just like... Really picked up the trash off our block. Totally did the trash run. Yeah. 
I mean, I definitely find that sexy. I think it's a quality that my current boyfriend has, and it is a thing that I am specifically attracted to in him. Your boyfriend is like the model of a man. (laughs) He's the very model of a modern major general. Hi, guys. I'm like totally disposable. Please use me to do the hard things. No, no, he's not. He's just very sweet. Well, that's what I call sweet. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Just because you're afraid of Tinder, and vulnerability doesn't mean you have to protect that. I mean, I'm sure he's very tender and very vulnerable, (laughs) but I also appreciate that he's the kind of man who will, like, you know, take care of us. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, I don't know. I I just thought this was an interesting topic to explore for a little bit. I think in the end, the Jewish society that eventually grows out of the Talmud does end up taking a pretty mixed role about this. Like, we have a lot of Jewish communal roles that are pretty legislated, and also we have some that everybody sort of has to do their part. This is a great example. Tzedakah, a very common modern practice. I actually don't even know how far it goes back. You have a tzedakah charity is the word tzedakah is often translated as collector who goes around and gets the money. So it's everyone's responsibility to give their money, but it's one guy's responsibility to go get it. And that sort of balance of volunteering and structure sort of theoretically helps make sure the sadaka gets done. There you go. You have one person in charge of a task. You have a hierarchy <laughs> that's proved by the collective and boom, there you go. I do think a lot of questions about hierarchy really boil down to the consent of those involved. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Do you think we're good? Yeah, I think we're good. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed our ramble on the nature of personal versus communal responsibility in the Talmud. If you did enjoy this episode, please go ahead and head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Chava de Cordova. That's Chava with an X. And join our Patreon. Every little bit that you give us helps us keep making this delicious Talmudic content. And we are going to be making more and more. Got some new segments coming up in the next month. So hop on the Patreon train. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not a patron, you can call or text the Talmud hotline at 401-484-1619. Leave us a voicemail or a text, or you can ask us a question anonymously on our website at chihowareyou.com. Lovely. Okay, I think that's the button. You all are super cute. I hope you're all staying healthy. I hope you're all having better luck getting the vaccine than me. And uh, we'll talk to you in a in a week. Shavuot tov, babes. Shavuot tov. Bye.